the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. It's Labor Day. And I'm laboring. Dennis Prager here. And my tradition on Labor Day is to ask you about your labor, your work. What do you do for a living? And I have been just fascinated by your ways of making a living, we don't realize, none of us realize, because we all live in a, a, a small world. I mean, it's, it's impossible not to. You know X number of people, you have X number of relatives, and that's pretty much it. Now, we don't live in a small world intellectually or philosophically and the like, but we do in terms by definition. How many people can we possibly know personally? And so it comes as a, as a fascinating surprise, and it's quintessentially American, the ways in which Americans make a buck. So what I do on Labor Day is I invite you to call in and tell me what you do, and it could be absolutely prosaic. It, you know, it doesn't mean you... Uh, you you drill for oil in Tunisia. It doesn't have to be exotic. If you are in a a profession or a line of work, which many others are in, that's fine. I, I just love, first of all, I love to talk to people, which I would think would be a fairly common characteristic among talk show hosts. But it isn't. It isn't, interestingly. Off the air, a lot of these guys are are quite introverted and are not people people. I'm not, and this is not an attack at all, just a personality. But I am a people person. I'm a people person, and I love to talk to people. I love I talk to people, as you know. I've told you in elevators, uh, anywhere, and so I love to ask people about their work. One eight Prager seven seven six, which translates digitally into translates digitally into This is the official one unless what? Yes. Oh, really? He prefers? My producer prefers this to, oh, I see. Well, they're both good. 
I, I don't know if I have a preference. Isn't there even a third? There are several. No, no, no. I understand that. I understand. But there's no reason not to use them. So, dear Francesca Morris, who has volunteered her time to work on this Labor Day along with the inimitable, the ineffable, the inexpressible, the induplicable, Sean McConnell, whose name is spelled... That was composed by yours truly, incidentally. I, I, there are areas where I just don't like to boast, but that is one I am really proud of. That is the only piece of music I have ever composed. I didn't orchestrate it, I didn't sing it, but I composed it. So what do you do for a living? It's Labor Day, and it's an appropriate question to ask, and I, I, I have a lot of fun. So do you. Are you listening and it is, among other things, you will see, an ode to America. Because unless crushed, the spirit of people, and this would be true anywhere, it's a values issue. It's not a DNA issue. There's no American DNA. And so unless crushed, which is what happens in the vast majority of the countries of the world, people just will do whatever they do. All right, so let's begin with Ambler, Pennsylvania, and Hugh. Hello, Hugh. Dennis Prager, welcome on Labor Day. Hello, Dennis. Uh, happy Labor Day to you, and, I, and I'm very thrilled that I'm number one on the list today. Thank you. Well, no, no, that is something. That is something. <laughs> but I was just going to uh, – I work uh, in a grocery store, okay, a supermarket, if you will. I work for Whole Foods Markets. And it's, uh, I work in the store in North Wales, Pennsylvania. Right. I'll, I'll say hello when I'm in Philly. Oh, very good. I know you come here often. Yep. And um, I'm a baker. I work as a baker there. I go in early in the morning. What time? I, I usually get there around 4.30 a.m. Go on. And wait. So Whole Foods, which I've been to many times, but I didn't realize. So the bakery bakes what? Well, we do actual scratch baking in the bakery. We take, uh, you know, uh, items. Uh, we don't just open boxes and bake the stuff. It's, it's made from scratch. And what's the stuff you bake? Breads? Well, we, we do breads, but mostly we do cakes and pastries and what you would find in a uh, neighborhood retail bakery. I thought, well, maybe I have it confused with another uh, a store chain, but doesn't Whole Foods tend... Oh, right. They do sell things with sugar. They don't sell things with artificial sugars. Exactly. See, that's, that's nice... it. Yes. Yeah. But the nice thing about me, I'm a fourth-generation baker. Wow. Okay. I'm 59 years old, so I've been doing this since I was 10 years old with my father. And what, what the nice thing is about working with Whole Foods is the ingredients I get to work with. Like, we use only real butter. We don't use any of the artificial shortenings or anything. Um, it's all real. Let alone, good. God forbid, margarine. They got God forbid. Uh, uh, God, I got two, two, two. <laughs> but, so that's one of the nice things about it. But I know, like, little retail bakeries, they can't afford to use ingredients like that. But at Whole Foods, we can, and we still do, and that's why people say, well, I'll call All right, so I got now. Now it's my turn to ask you some questions. Okay, First, about the hours. So if you report to Whole Foods at 4.30, what time do you get up? Oh, well, I get up around 3 a.m. 
And what time is your work day over? Uh, I usually work till about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. All right, all right, so hold on. Wait. Uh, so you come home and you take a nap? Take a little nap. I, I, I usually, uh, when I'm napping, I'm, I have you on the radio by, by, by being sick. Uh, uh, you know, that's very sweet. So either I help you nap <laughs> or I don't help you nap. No, but I get that's, to listen to you every day because I usually leave like around one o'clock. Oh, that's that's really nice. I mean, yeah, no, no, so. it's real. It is really nice. So, what time do you go to sleep? Well, I try to get to bed by at least nine. It doesn't yeah. always work that way, right. especially with the Republican convention. I was really struggling, right? And I thought, why do we get the big the big speeches like at ten thirty at night on the East Coast? I was like amazed by that. Well, but, they they have to do that. They're, both parties yeah. have to do that. But so are you? Let me ask you this: Are you married? Yes, I'm married. I have two children. So I assume your wife doesn't go to bed at nine. No, she doesn't. So this is just the way it's worked out. It's always worked out that way. We, it's it's very good. Like like in other words, when she comes to bed, she's very um, very quiet. She's she you know she doesn't come in there and wake me up or anything. But but it does. It's we we do have our struggles with that. But uh, yeah, look, everybody yeah. has struggled with something. But you're employed. Yes, I am. And you and wait and on the love meter, loving what you do, one to ten, hate one, just love ten. What are you? What is it? Oh well, I'm I'm I well working for Whole Foods. I'm an eight. It's a really good company. That's that's really not. What is your most proud production? The most proud thing that I make. Yes. I tell you what, I really enjoy the pound cake and the angel food cake that we make. So we, uh, you're speaking Whole Foods, but you specifically make those. Yes, I do specifically make those. Um, I want you, if this is possible, to send me a pound cake and bill me. Oh, I would love to do that. All right, all right. So stay on, and we'll give so, you, uh, we'll give you the address. Yeah, I was going to say, do I just send it to Radio Land? Or yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> That's right. Dennis Prager, Radio Land, America. All right, I do have a final final. Are your any? Do you have kids? Yes. Any of them bakers? No, they're not bakers. So it ended in the fifth generation. I would love to see them. I think that I think they would like to do it, but it's a really tough. But I don't know. It's you know there are like the supermarkets are keeping it alive, but it's a tough way to make a living if you if you have your own bakery. All right, so, stay so. on, and Francesco will give Dennis, you an address. Dennis, one more thing. Go on, I'm ears. I, okay, I, I appreciate what you do. Um, you are one of the, I've listened to talk radio for a long time. Did you ever remember a man named Dominic Quinn? Yes. In Philadelphia, yes. Well, he was the first one I ever started listening to, and you are definitely a number two behind Dominic Quinn. I think you're awesome. Well, that's very kind of you. So maybe you won't bill me for the cake. Just kidding. Ja, I really am just kidding. The Fed is unstable. Interest rates could go up at any moment. If you're relocating and need to buy a new home or invest in real estate, get fully underwritten and approved with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at Sierra Pacific Mortgage before you make an offer. Their fast-track approval process will allow you to compete with cash offers, whether you're buying today, tomorrow, or a year from now. Even though housing prices are stabilizing or coming down, economic uncertainty, supply chain issues, and limited construction means the real estate market is limited and competitive. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com right now. 
Get fully approved today and have confidence so that when you're ready to buy, you'll have the money ready to go. Don't wait. Go to andrewandtodd.com. Lock in today's still historically low rates. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show on Labor Day, and what I do is ask you what your labor is. So, what do you do for a living? And we go to, let's see, I don't know, i got calls around the country. Oh, I've got to San Antonio in the middle, sort of in the middle. Hello, Steve in San Antonio, Dennis Prager. Good afternoon, Dennis. This is Steve. How are you? Thank you. Well. Uh, okay, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I'm a fitness trainer in San Antonio, a fitness professional. Does that mean you do private to clients? Yes, I teach uh, personal training. I also do some group fitness classes. Pardon me, I'm trying to turn the radio off. do yeah. some group fitness classes. So, so wait, wait. The group fitness classes are at a workout place? Yes, I have my own facility. Oh, you have your own facility. Wow. Yeah, it's called so you... Firestorm Fit, Fit Camps. All right. Firestone Fit Camps. I'm also a franchise with an organization called Fitness Revolution. Excellent. And you are obviously quite fit. Well, I like to think so. Well, I'm sure your uh, your clients like to think so, too. Uh, it's it's yeah. hard to imagine yeah. a not-a-shape trainer. Right. I'm, I'm in better shape than uh, probably... Ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the people in my age. Group, now, do I'm, you do you work out independently, or or basically once you're finished with the day, you've really done enough workouts on your own? No, I, I have a regular fitness training time. I meet some gentlemen at another gym, and we train together every day. Uh, about four days a week. And how long does that take? About forty minutes. And what do you do primarily? We lift heavy stuff. Yeah. Now, is it fair to say, I'm a, obviously I'm a layman in this regard, but I have a lot of interest in, in what you do. Is it fair to say that there's a sort of d- divided outlook on those who are very pro-weightlifting and those who aren't? Yes. So There's a, there's a great misconception, um, especially with female trainers or training clients, that if they lift heavy weights, they're going to get big and bulky, and that's just uh, that's a fallacy. Uh, you either have to have the blessed genetics, you have to pick your parents right, or you have to take some sort of uh, enhancement in order to get to that level of development. But for the average individual, just lifting hard, uh, short rest times, eating properly, that's the big key, will produce some tremendous results and give people a... And what's, a, what's, a your, gui- what's your guideline for eating properly? I like to say eat things like God made them. If you can't pick it off a tree or pluck it out of the water, then don't eat it. My favorite uh, line is to tell people, if they find a 7-Up River or tortilla tree, call me and we'll eat and drink our fill. <laughs> you mean there's no Diet Coke-like? Well, I've, I've been looking, but I haven't found it yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Well, it is, it is a real joy. Thank you. All right, I'm, I'm keeping a list here. Because uh, often it happens we actually never even duplicate one profession in the course of three hours. So fitness trainer, and he's an entrepreneur. He owns his own place. That, that, that's impressive, sir. 
Good luck to you. All right. And let's go to Jeremy in Irvine, California. Hello, Jeremy. Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis. Hi. I've been trying to get in for five years. All right. Uh, you know, Very not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Pleasure to have you, Jeremy. <laughs> and what do you do, sir? I sell laptop parts, mostly over the Internet. Now, uh, are you making a, a living out of it? Uh, so far, it's been five years. Well, let me. So, who do you sell it to? To, to people who do repairs, or to the end user? Yes. No, no, no. No or question can get a yes. There's a rule here. <laughs> <laughs> I sell it to anybody that can, that wants to buy. So you sell it to both. You sell it to both. Shops, everybody. So, I, I can't imagine as an end user taking apart my laptop. I mean, if it's a desktop, there's a, you know you you open it up and you can replace this, you can replace that, but a laptop? Well, some things aren't too hard. Uh, AC adapters, batteries, they're not very hard, but things like putting in a keyboard or a screen are a little more difficult. There's a lot of resources out on the Internet that allow you to do it pretty easily. Well, if you sell laptop, let's say the keyboard on somebody's Sony Vio, I'm just picking right. one then in my brain, uh, breaks. <laughs> no, I am. I'm just, yeah. it's just picking one as an example. Okay. So the keyboard has broken. Where do you get the keyboard? Well, it depends. Most keyboards I get direct from uh, brokers in China that deal with the factories. Otherwise, I get it direct from the manufacturer. Sometimes they're not very hard to get, but most people don't want to waste the time or don't want to do the research to find it themselves, and I fill that need for them. And, and so, I see. And you are findable through Google? Is that your primary source of clients? Yeah, we do a lot of AdWords and uh, SEO, and we're number one for the term laptop parts right now. Oh, so we, as you started this business with others? I uh, used to be at another company. That company got bought out, so I got laid off, and I decided I'm just going to do it for myself. With, with others or, or truly yourself? No, just by myself. Started so why did, all right, out of just curiosity, why did you say we? Uh, because I have a lot of team members that help me get it done now. I see. But so you own your company? Yes. So you are the classic small business? I am. Well, I know how you're voting. <laughs> I'm not sure it matters in California. No, no, that well, uh, yeah, well, it does. It, it does on an emotional level. <laughs> All right, good luck to you, Jeremy. I will look for you on the internet if uh, my keyboard. By the time my keyboard breaks, I will admit, if a keyboard on my laptop broke, <laughs> I would be searching for a new one. But uh, I, I, if you really love it, and, and obviously with money being what it is for many people, I think that Jeremy is going to be doing fine. And I hope you do. All right. And, uh, and, and your vote does matter. Just want to, just want to tell you, it does matter a great deal. Because there are, there are a whole host of people running for office at any given time. So Californians should not think that way at all. John in Louisville, Kentucky, Dennis Prager, hi. Yes, sir. Hello, it's John Turner. I'm looking. I to had a feeling. January. Ah, you're coming on the cruise. Terrific. Yes, sir. 
Yes, I uh, have been working for Rainbow Blossom Health Food Store in the Louisville area for the last ten and a half years, and I'm a nutritional consultant and love my job very much. On a scale from zero to ten, I would say I love my job a ten. Wow. And why is that? You feel you're helping people? Exactly. It's like a second paycheck to me. That is beautiful. So this store is big enough to have a full-time nutritionist, as it were. It is. Yes, there's five rainbow blossoms in the Louisville area. Right. Well, John, you're going to give me some advice on the cruise. Great to hear from you. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dennis Prager, Labor Day. When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now and type in Dennis Prager under podcast when you sign up. Spelled Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com, Bambi.com, and type in Dennis Prager. A lot of people have HR issues, but they don't want to spend the money on an HR person. And this starts at just $99 per month. Bambi.com. Hello, my friends. Labor Day means the Labor Day show on the Dennis Prager Show. I am Dennis Prager. Thank you for listening. What do you do for a living? I can't think of an, a more appropriate subject for Labor Day. What do? What is your labor? And uh, I am each year astounded at the variety. You would think just by the law of averages, we would get a certain number of for perhaps people in sales. Because there are, I would presume, a lot of people in sales. But, but it just doesn't work out that way. The, the variety is just, I think, an ode to what freedom allows. Whatever you can think up, and if you can have the niche, then you make a living. And often, love what you're doing, which is the best. That's what I do for a living. I love what I do for a living. 30 years. And it's like day one. It's, it's, it's that exciting. All right, let's continue here. What do we have thus far? We had in hour one a baker for Whole Foods, a fitness trainer, man who owns a company that sells laptop parts, a consultant at a health food store, a seller of Jewish antique items, Man, the man who monitors the heart-lung machine during open-heart surgery at the, at the a perfusionist. Now, is it pro or per? It's per. Yes. Uh, you say, yeah. A perfusionist. And a man who secures ads, the ads for the backs of supermarket receipts. And apparently that is so lucrative, there are people who make a million dollars doing it. And I went into talk radio. 
All righty, Phoenix, Arizona. Scott, hello, Scott Dennis Prager. Good day, Dennis. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. My passion is adding value to gift giving, and I build personalized wine boxes. Totally personalized with laser engraving, so we put names, dates, graphics, logos, even photos right on the box, and it really uh, makes the gift unique and different. Oh, I see. So somebody wishing to give a gift of a wine, of a bottle of wine, is even giving the bigger gift of the box in which they will put it. Right. A lot of people think of just putting it in a paper bag or just putting it on the counter, you know. the Yeah, I'm one of them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now, let me, so so once the person receives that, and it, it obviously is a remarkable gift, but once they receive it, what do they do with it? Well, if it has their name on it, we all love to see our name uh, on the shelf, so it gets displayed really for a long, long time. I see. So with yeah. one with one bottle of wine, obviously. Right. And, and great, uh, yeah. great as a wedding gift, you know, because what's the uh, what's the most that's... expensive one you've sold? Well, I do make a six bottle box uh, that's pretty expensive, but uh, how much? A lot of times we'll have lot. Well, that one's around two hundred dollars. Oh well, that's pretty reasonable. I thought you were going to say something much higher. I mean, no, you I'm... so you use a laser to engrave their name or whatever or some message. Yes, I design the the graphic and get an okay from the customer, and then the laser machine actually engraves or burns the graphic or the names, and then it cuts out the pieces, and then I sand everything, assemble it with glue and pins, and put a sliding the top on it. Makes it quite uh, quite different. How do people find out about you? Oh, uh, we're totally uh, online business. Um, yeah, but still, but people don't even think it exists. See, well, that that's the hard thing. Yeah, exactly. Keywords. You know, what keyword do you search for? That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't. You know, personalized wine box. But now I know it. But I wouldn't have thought it before. Maybe well, you, maybe you'll get business as a result of this. A lot of my. Um, Business is repeat business because we're people are giving it for wedding gifts, so there's a crowd of people around. So yeah, well, I I wish you good luck. There you go. Talk about uh, a man who's made a niche. See, there I, I always explain to advertisers, people who want to sell a product on my own show. I say there are two types of products. This is the big, the single biggest separation. There are products that you have to convince people yours is the best of that product, but they're going to buy the product. So a car, for example. Everybody's going to buy a car. So you don't have to convince people to buy a car. You have to convince people to buy your car. Then there is another type of product, which is far harder. You have to convince people that they need that product and that it exists. That's a far more difficult sell to make. That's what his sell is, because if everybody wanted to buy a personalized wine box with every gift of wine, then he would just say, well, I'm the best, fine. But who thinks of it? So that's a uh, that's that's a challenge. All righty, let's go to uh, some more here. Uh, Ray in Camarillo, California. Hi, Ray, Dennis Prager. Yes, good morning. It's an honor, sir. Thank you. Thank you. What do you do for a living? I'm the owner of an actuarial and arista consulting firm. We establish 
set up retirement plans for individuals and small companies. So uh, you help with the personal finances of your of your clients. Well, it's it's really oriented, frankly, to the to a corporate level, where the owner of the company says, in, in combination with his own finances and that of his staff, our job is to design a plan that not only allows the owner to put away significant dollars. Uh, but also to take care of key staff members, because I've learned long ago that you're only as good as your staff. So our plans allow him to literally pick and choose the key employees in the company, a sales director, a CFO, even even the guy out that's shipping. He can create individually uh, individual contributions for those employees to reward them for job well done. So in one sentence, what do you do for a living? Set up retirement plans that reward people and help them save for retirement. How's business? You know, it's very good. It's very good. How do you make your money? Uh, we basically charge for the type of plan and the number of employees that are in the plan. Oh, I see. So you, you don't make any money from the, the places that the money is invested? Uh, we do work on the investment side, but it's our primary goal is to design the plan that fits the company. And if the company didn't want our assistance on the investment side, we do some of it. We also retur- refer out a lot to investment managers who uh, do that for a full-time living. Uh, how much do you make a year? <laughs> do you know, before you answer, do you know what is so... It, if I ask this man, ladies and gentlemen, how often he has uh, intimate relations with his wife, he would tell me. But if you ask people their salary... It is so interesting. You don't have to tell me, but remember, you are anonymous. Well, let, let, I won't use you. What does the person in your field generally make? Well, as owner of the company, basically, I'm the very top of the pyramid. I see. My, my administrators, my longest-term employee is 33 years, and in my staff, my median duration with the company is over 17 years. And my administrators make anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000 a year. Gotcha. Well, good luck to you, sir. There you go. Isn't it interesting? Why are people reluctant? I, it's, I, can you write that down, Sean? I, I, uh, I, I think I'm going to pose that as a question on a on a regular hour once. Why are people reluctant to say what they earn? I mean, it, people will talk to you about troubles that their children have. Uh before they will tell you what they make for a living. And I don't I and the truth is I don't understand why. I mean, I can understand why people are reluctant to talk about let's say marital problems. You're embarrassed. But why are you there's no what is the embarrassment? You make too much, you make too little. <laughs> I guess both. I, you know, if you make you know, you make more than a hundred thousand, you don't want to tell anybody, and you make under ninety thousand, you don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> so if you make between ninety and a hundred thousand, you'll tell everybody. <laughs> no, I don't. I, it's so interesting, and I don't know the answer. And nobody ever asks. I mean, oh, absolutely not. You know, how are your hemorrhoids? Is okay, but what do you make for a living? That's verboten. I will uh, be back in a moment. Labor Day. I'm Dennis Prager.
MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager. Or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code Prager. I'm Dennis Prager, and on Labor Day, I talk about what you labor at, what you do for a living. So far, no duplicates. Seems like everybody does something different. (laughs) But I would imagine, too, that I appeal to the... if If I have a vocational appeal, and there are people in every vocation who listen to the show, we know that, but... It would seem to be that the the entrepreneur and the small business owner and the person who works, who's developed his own niche, is going to be the most likely vocationally uh, to respond. Is that you think so? I don't know why. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm not. It's not good or bad. It just it's just something that. Otherwise, there would be more. more people calling in from regular professions. Well, I don't know what regular means. Maybe there isn't. There there must be regular professions. I have to think that among the jobs that people work at that most consist of listeners to this show, I, I am, this is purely anecdotal. I have no basis on any scientific survey is sales, people in sales who listen to the show and, uh, from going, you know, from sales to sales, and and women who uh, are uh, raising kids. Th- that's a huge, huge listenership. Because, and here here comes a very jolting statement. You get more intellectual stimulation from me than your five year old. Oh, I said it. Ah, ah, ah. Of course, it's true. I mean, you know, and uh, a lot of women want intellectual stimulation. God bless them. All right, let's go to some more of your, uh, of what you do for a living here, and we'll go to Corona, California. Eric, hello, Eric, Dennis Prager. Hey, Dennis. Hi. Hi. Uh, I do computerized access control in uh, some of the most interesting... Computerized access control? Correct. Meaning? I make, sure that the, I make sure the good guys can get where they need to go and the bad guys can't. Bad guys meaning uh, petty theft to terrorists to everything in between. Well, what exactly do you do? Well, uh, we have uh, card readers that uh, 
you swipe your badge at the reader and it allows you through a doorway, through a gate, through an elevator. So what do you which part do you work on? Do you make both the card and the reader? We integrate them. We uh some companies make the, the reader, some companies make the cards, um, and some people make the circuit boards, some people make the software. Okay, so you are you're the final you're the final step to the buyer. Yeah, we interface with the end user. What's the most or one of the most sophisticated examples? Um, I've been where military satellite data was analyzed, and if I looked the wrong way, a guy with an M16 wasn't real thrilled with me. <laughs> what does it mean, look the I, wrong way? What, what does that mean? You, when I was in this particular room, they had curtains up blocking things I couldn't see because I was I didn't have a high enough security clearance to look. Oh, so you were there selling? You were there selling them your product? Integrating. I was actually assembling it, um, manufacturing it. Well, not manufacturing. So, what is the fu- what is the future of this eyeball reading? Well, that is extremely secure because it's very difficult to cut somebody's eyeball out and carry it over to the reader, um, whereas technically a finger, you could chop somebody's finger off. So that's about the most secure method. It's very inconvenient. Most people really don't like it. Biometrics, where you put your hand on the reader, it analyzes your bone structure, and that's very secure, and it's a lot more user-friendly. You can just rest your hand on it. And you can control how sophisticated it is. If you gain one pound, it can reject you, or you can dial it back to where it'll it won't be quite as sensitive. But yeah, have, have, ha, has any system you've uh, you've sold been broken? Breached? Yeah, breached. That's the word. Due to, due to user error, yes. Due to user error. He was quick on that one. <laughs> well, the New York airport, some jet skier got onto it. I didn't install that system, but I've installed systems at airports and maintained systems at airports. And after that happened, I saw a lot more police presence at airports out on the What is your background, computers? Yes. I see. I was in the military, got technical training there. and. Well, let me just say, Eric, we need you. We need you, and I appreciate your call. That was good. All right, let's go to Katie in Scottsdale, Arizona. Hello, Katie. Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis. Um, Hi. I'm one of those uh, stay-at-home moms that uses you for intellectual stimulation. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there are so many of you, and, <laughs> and and I commend you. And I let know, me just you tell do. you, I love you for it. Well, oh, good. That means a lot to me because I'm I'm one of your great advocates. I know, and and it means a lot to us, and so that's why I also kind of just wanted to. Kind of just say what we we do to give a little shout out to stay home moms and also um, I also homeschool my kids. Um, my boys are six and eight. I've been home with them since they were born, and we decided to homeschool a few years ago for numerous reasons I won't get into. But um, I do have a pretty long list of responsibilities. Obviously, um, schooling them, and which I enjoy immensely, and is it is pretty much getting re-educated myself. Of course. I love it. Of course. I just finished studying the American Revolution. I loved it. It was so much fun. They had a blast. They know... What do, do you remember? What books did you use? Or, 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 or? Um, we've used... We, 
we use a lot of books. We do a lot of reading. So, right, um, I know, I know. Look, yeah, I, when I meet homeschool kids, it's it, it, I can tell within twenty seconds. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, that takes a lot of work, you know, the prep and the and the implementation. On top of that, you know, the regular household duties, taking running the house, doing the finances, cleaning, which cleaning after two small boys, um, three dogs and a cat, that is a job all by itself. Um, you know, all of the meal planning and everything, everything I do um, for my husband because I am a wife also. Uh, music to my ears. <laughs> and, you know, he works full time. So, you know, I take uh, I take care of him, too, which I enjoy very much. He also takes care of me. Do you have any clones who are single for men listening who are? <laughs> <laughs> you know, unfortunately, at this point in my life, uh, all of my friends are pretty much married. Right. Um, so, uh, no. But um, uh, I also do, I serve at my church every week. I serve for, I, I volunteer for an organization here in Phoenix called Raising Special Kids. One of my sons has autism, so I, I do work for them. Um, I try to maintain a little bit of a social life outside of, outside of homeschooling. I'm one of the Prager girls, so we have our regular luncheons, which usually last about five hours. And that's a good uh, outlet. And we, well, we you, you, you and any number of other things. You are beautiful in every way. The work music is appropriate to the day on the show, the Labor Day show. Dennis Prager here. What do you do for a living? I wish I had kept the list from previous years. I have it from today, but uh, I have to remember to keep it. The variety of work that you folks do is just fascinating, and I love talking to you about it. So that's what we do on Labor Day. What's your labor? No politics today, which is a pleasure in and of itself. And so let's go to more of your calls. And if you missed it, I touched on an area that I think we'll explore during a regular hour on a regular day. People who uh, hate their work, why do they hate it? And I think the meaning issue, I think there are two, I think there are two big issues, but uh, we're not going to, I'm not asking for your opinion on this because I want you to call in on what you do for a living. But I think there are two things. One is the people that you work with, and two, do you, is, do you believe your work is meaningful? And I use the man who monitors the heart-lung machine in in heart surgery and bypass surgery, very complex surgeries for many hours standing and just looking at the machine. Under other circumstances, the same work would would perhaps be terrible, monotonous. But because of the significance, that's what, that's a great, it's a great uh, analogy of life itself. If you feel that your life is meaningful, that's everything. I got that from Victor Frankel, F-R-A-N-K-L, Man's Search for Meaning, one of the book, ten books that most influenced my life. We have that list somewhere up at DennisPrager.com. All right, my friends, let's go to uh, more of your calls. West Lafayette, Indiana. 
Bob. Hello, Bob Dennis Prager. Mr. Prager, it's an honor to speak with you. Well, thank you for that. Um, I do apartment maintenance. Uh, some of it's student housing, some of it's residential. So maintenance means uh, ensure that it's clean? Uh, no, uh, they have cleaning people. Like if somebody moves out, somebody else, like there's people that go in and clean, do the carpet. So what uh, What? What do you maintain? If the toilet's plugged up, they call me. So, no, now wait, wait, hold on. So you do this for apartment buildings? Yes. Uh, if somebody's toilet's plugged up, they call me. If somebody's shower drain don't drain, they call me. If the, there's a drip, uh, they call me. So if is that apartment. analogous to what we used to call the superintendent? Well, uh, I go over, I actually spread over most of the county as far as to what they maintain. But uh, I just do all the repairs. Uh so you per, you personally, or it's your company? What exactly? No, I work for I work for somebody else. Right. I'm the guy. That they, okay. I get so emails you, in the morning. So somebody's toilet's plugged up. Somebody's shower. I see. Up. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So okay. Now, may I ask? Uh, and again, you can say you don't want to say. What do you make a year? I make about thirty grand a year. And you work all day. Uh, generally speaking, it's, uh, 40 to 50 hours a week. Uh, some weeks where, where you got a roto router or a sewer or something like that, because we do that ourselves too. And well, I do that as in for the company, but I could run into some 16 hour days doing that. But that so I, are you paid by, uh, by salary or by the hour? By the hour. Uh, that's what I thought. I understand. So you're on call. Pretty much. There yeah. there might be a day where they, you... They leave me alone on weekends. I mean, I check my email, and if, right. if somebody's got a disaster, we're soon, yeah. Yeah. What was the worst disaster, among the worst disasters you've had to uh, maintain? Uh, water main busted next to the foundation of a house that had uh, three finished apartments in the basement. Well, what did you do? Shut off the water and started backing things out. <laughs> what, you, what? What is it with water extractors? Are there the, the machines? No. Uh, it, it, well, it's just start with sh big shop backs, and then when you get it down to the nitty gritty, then you call in professionals and have them get the right. Thing. Now, what's the most common thing you're called to do? The most common. Oh. uh... Well, see, that depends on where you're at. If you're on campus, it's busted windows. If you're in uh, residential housing, it's uh, toilets. Yeah. Uh, do the Shower people, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, the people, the, one sec, the people with the toilets, do you ever wonder, does this person not know how to use a plunger? Or is, uh, a lot of, no, most of the stuff they call me for is beyond. Okay, fine. All right, so it, it is, they do, they did need you. Well, yeah, if you drop a shower curtain ring in a toilet, it'll get stuck in the little snake thing going on in there, and yeah, it'll, you can plunge it, and it'll unplug, and it'll be fine for about two And how many years have you been doing this work? Oh, 
Uh, as all I do, about two years. Oh, what did you do before? Oh, I'm a diesel mechanic. A diesel mechanic? Yeah. Okay. And how do you like your work? One to ten. Uh, give it a seven. Okay. Well, we need you. That's all I can say. <laughs> You're more necessary than uh, than uh, I was. Well, <laughs> I don't want to get political here, but uh, I would say that we need uh, maintenance men a lot more than we need um, some of the uh, professors that uh, teach at the universities in certain in certain disciplines. But I, I won't name them because uh, I don't want to get to go there right now. Not that professors in general are not necessary. I love the life of the mind. We go to a Dave, Los Angeles. Hello, Dave. Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yes, I'm a union organizer. I've been one for 35 years now. Well, I'm glad you listened to the show, given how much I knock the unions. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I listen religiously, literally, because I, I, I first found you from Religion on the Line. It used to be such a godsend on Sunday night. In fact, I can say that's what actually changed me from being a fallen-away Catholic back to a devout one. Ah, I, that made my day. That, that's wonderful to hear. I'm glad it did. So... Uh, you you organize the folks that are not unionized. Uh, well, I do both. I mean, we all, all now. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Do you do it in the? You don't do it. You see, I'm a little confused here. You are with the SEIU. Yes. So you're doing it for state employees. No, we represent. Uh, I work exclusively in the private sector. Oh, well, I, I don't have an issue there. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, my big issue is with state and federal uh, and, and local employee unions. I think if you yeah, work for well, the public, if you work for the public, you shouldn't be unionized. But if you work for private industry, that's that's your prerogative. Yeah, I wish it's too bad. I wish people could be could, could sort of make that fine distinction when they talk about the labor movement, but it doesn't seem to work that way. So, what what does it mean? You will go into a, a sector and you will. Uh, are you are you like an agitator? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part. Yeah, that's part of the job. And the places where the the workers that I'm working with don't have a union contract or the union is not in you know is not doesn't deal with their employer yet. Yeah, we agitate, get people together, and organize for their own benefit and protection. Ultimately, get a union. So how contract. do you how do you explain the fact that there are a lot of employees, for example, various airlines? They don't want, like, for example, flight attendants. They often vote not to unionize. How do you explain that in the few seconds well, remaining? Well, the labor movement has, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Dave here. I'm kind of anonymous. Like, the labor movement has, you know, from 1955 onward, when they had this great mass of workers, rather than, than being competent, there was a lot of incompetence that led to a lot of people thinking unions are worthless. And that term union is like saying government is worthless, in my opinion. But people, you know, again, once you get that reputation, it never yeah. goes away. Well, uh, as I said, I am truly delighted you listened to the show, Dave. Thank you. Hello, my friends. This is the Labor Day Show on the Dennis Prager Show. What do you do for a living? That's the question. 
And it's um, every year I'm amazed at the variety of work that Americans do. I what was today's most obscure one? That's what I thought. Exactly what I thought. And they make they make they can make a good living getting the coupons and ads on the back of the receipts at your grocery store. All right, let's. Uh, well, I, I think obscure too is uh, running the heart lung machine in those. I mean, how many? Yeah, and the motorcycle. Today. And the more. Yeah, we had a lot of that. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go on here. Brian, Alpharetta, Georgia. Dennis Prager. Hi. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good. Well, thank you. I have not uh, called in since 11 years ago when I was 15 years old, and you sound the same over the phone as you did then. Just wanted you to know that. Well, that's very nice. I feel the same, actually, if not better. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, well, let's see. So you called in at 15. I did. Wow. You were talking about, uh, I believe it's what kind of music kids my age at the time listened to. Right. I was a member of a symphony orchestra, and so I guess I was more of an exception. Um, I, I didn't listen to as much of the pop culture music. So, what about today? Do you listen to pop music today? Um, I did more in college, but it's uh, it's amazing what having a two-year-old will do. They start to say things they shouldn't because you're listening to music you shouldn't be. Oh, that's so funny. You change your tune pretty quick. That's like the woman who called me once to say why she took her kid out of daycare. The first words that she heard her daughter say were, come on down. They, yeah. had, they had the prices right on all the time. Nice. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, I called in today, uh, first of all, to say I was listening to your show in the last hour, and a mother who homeschools her kids called in, and that's when I started dialing, because I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled at the time I called you, uh, and for nine years before that, and now I am a power engineer uh, living on the other side of the country uh, with my family, my wife, and my, my two-year-old daughter, so... Uh, I'm a power engineer, I was homeschooled, and I guess the reason I wanted to do power engineering is because in high school and in college, people of my generation, if you're interested in engineering or math or even video games, we all wished we were around when Bill Gates or Hewlett and Packard were doing their thing, and you, you kind of feel like you missed the, the Silicon Valley boom a little bit, and what I realized in college was that's happening in the power world right now, uh-huh. I'll put it this way. If you drive, if I were to drive by your house, I guess how many how many computerized devices would be in that house? Oh, a dozen. All right. Uh, do you know what a substation is? It's that it's that uh, area where all the power lines go, and they're surrounded by a, a barbed wire fence, a razor wire fence, and there's a little control house sitting in the middle there, and they're usually at the side of the road, and people tend not to pay attention to them. But if you were to drive by a substation, I, the chances are pretty high that you would not find a computer chip in any device inside that building. And so the computer revolution in the power industry is happening right now, and it's pretty fun to be a part of. Wait, it's happening in that, oh, now computers are entering that world. Right. I see. We're so used to buy a new cell phone every two years and throw it away, put it in the the trash bin and everything, and, and for power... You don't want to invest in equipment that you're going to have to replace every couple of years. So it's been a major challenge to get computerized devices into the power industry. Well, so why is that an asset? 
uh, it's an asset because if you're relying on switches and springs and electromagnets to control the flow of your power and react to problems like trees falling against your power lines, once it's done its job, it's done its job. The power's out. How do you know where the problem was? Or how do you know why it turned the power off on this neighborhood? There is, there's no way to know. If you're using a computerized device, you can have memory, much like a computer in there, and it can be constantly storing the voltage and the current, the power that it's seeing. And so when it, divides, when it decides to turn the power off on somebody, you can go connect to it, even remotely, and ask it why. And it should be able to give you a reason why, wow. and it should be able to give you... And that's what, and that's your, that so that's your area of work? Yes. At the, at the cusp of, uh, of the power industry? Yes, it's fun. Well, call me 11 years from now, if not sooner. Okay, sounds good, Dennis. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you're wonderful. Really, it's heartwarming, isn't it? Called me when he was 15, and now he's, uh, you know, at the cutting edge of this industry. You're a good man. And he's already made a family at 26. That, that's good stuff. Gene in Philadelphia, Dennis Prager. Hello, Gene. Hey, Dennis. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to thank Sean for something. Oh, uh, no, no, he gets too much He gets too much praise here, please. Can but I all right, go ahead. Through his bumper music, he's introduced me to one of my favorite bands, the Fleet Foxes, or Fleet Foxes, I should say. The Fleet Foxes? Yeah, he, I'm sure he knows what I'm talking about. Sean, do you know what he's talking about? Alan gets credit for it. That's what Sean said. That, see, that's why I like You like Sean because of the music, but I like Sean because he gives Alan the credit for the music because Alan picked the music. That's, uh, so I'll give him double thank you. Okay. That's right. right. Well, I, I write and illustrate children's books for a living. Get out. I do. Both write and illustrate. Yeah. Give us the name of one. Uh, well, I guess uh, my latest one is called Timeless Thomas, How Thomas Edison Changed Our Lives. I like that title, Timeless Thomas. Yeah. So your background is in uh, in art. Well, I'm self-taught there. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, but I started as an illustrator in books, and since about 2005, I've also been writing as well. You love your work. I, I uh, you know, I always have to um, when things get a little frustrated, or you get notes back from the publisher. Yeah, that's for things it, you don't want to do. That, yeah, you, I mean, you know that feeling. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, you still have to just thank your, you know. Thank the heavens that you're doing something you love for a living. So who did publish the last book? Henry Holt. Oh, you're you're okay. I mean, that, it's very hard to make it in your field. Yeah, I, that's where I knock wood, too, because I've been able to make it a consistent living. And yeah. books do well and get reviewed well. Not yeah, that's it. very, very rare. Congratulations. Thank you. I know, I know about that. I mean, I, I have not done children's books, but I know, I know people who have. It's very, very well. All books is it's very hard to get published. I published, I, I published my first book on my own. It did so well. Simon and Schuster then published it, and then the rest of the books were published by, by reputable or and you know famous publishers. But my first book was on my own, and uh, it did very well. Thank God. Okay, my friends, we continue. Let's see, we got an actor calling in. They're always fun. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Labor Day Show. Dennis Prager laboring. 
sound of the men working on the chain. Gang, that's the sound of the men working on the chain. Gang, all day long they're saying, Ooh. I love this. Labor Day music for the Labor Day show with a laboring Dennis Prager. One of the only times of the year that I come into the studio in shorts, knowing that only Sean will be here. <laughs> Otherwise, and and he can vouch for it, it's a shirt and tie and slacks every day. What do you do for a living, my friends? That's the question on this day. And, oh, there are so many good calls. It's difficult to choose. Katie, Arizona. Hello, Katie. Hello. I make teeth. So does God. <laughs> and he does a much better job than me. I will I will confess that. All right, okay. Uh, that's humble. What does it mean you, you make teeth? Well, you go to the dentist, and he tells you you need a crown, and he grinds your teeth all up and takes an impression, and the impression comes to somebody like me. And I'm the one who turns that into the crown that goes back into your mouth. You make the teeth from, or the tooth from that impression? Yes. So does that amount to essentially filling that that uh what is it indentation what is it again the impression the impression yeah. the doctor takes so do you fill it is and and then it hardens and then you have the tooth it, well you make uh you make a model out of that kind of like pouring up a plaster mold right um and then you depending on what it is you're having made um you know we make <laughs> we make a tooth that goes on that a lot of them are you know nowadays are all porcelain and sometimes they have metal substructures um but, yeah, we make the tooth, we make it fit your model, make it fit. What's the biggest your... difference between the God-given and the Katie-given? <laughs> um, the materials. You, you just can't make, um, you know how you think about how diamonds can cut glass because right. they're stronger? Yes. Um, you just can't make a material that it wears on your opposite teeth um, as, as well as a natural tooth. So you're always going to have problems with um, teeth wearing down and stuff like that, opposite of your crown. Unless you get a gold crown. They're still the best, unfortunately. No thanks. <laughs> oh, oh that's, see, isn't that amazing that we can't replicate uh, nature in that way? They're getting better. There's a lot of good materials out so, there. So well, well, what is the best new material? Oh, gosh, you know what? It, it depends on what you want. If you want something really highly aesthetic or... Um, which is what most people So it's want. usually a trade-off between durability and aesthetics, exactly. correct? Yeah, exactly. exactly, yeah. So you have to come back. But I, I, I go for aesthetics. I agree with you. Yeah. But so do you, do you actually meet the patient or you just meet their mold? Oh, never. I just meet the mold. In fact, all of my um, clients are out of state. How's that? So what, do you work at home? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Oh. Would you like to meet the patient, or are you very happy the way it works now? Um, I'm even happy not meeting the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you study to, as, to be a dental technician? 
No, no, nobody, nobody studies to be a dental technician. You fall into this line of work and you get trapped and you never get out. So um, you can study. You can get. All right. I, so uh, then I. All right. Look, this brings out the the obvious question. One to ten. How much do you love it? Um, uh, you know what? I love the actual work. I give the work a nine. Um, it's the schedule that's sometimes like a five. It, it's very you know unsteady work. Some sometimes in the year you're working. 12, 14, 16 hours a day, and then sometimes in the year you're, you're, you know, hardly have any work. There's a, there's a definite curve to when people get their crowns done. Is they that right? Is, and wait, that goes year after year, the same time of the year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why, when do, uh, I have no idea what the answer is. What is the, when do they want their crowns done? Um, at the end of the year, at Christmas time, so you never get to go to any Christmas parties, and uh, at the beginning of the year, but not during the summer. And not when kids are going back to school. You got to spend money on other things. Then. Do you have a family? Um, yes, I do. So do your uh, do your you have kids? Obviously, I mean, so you, do the kids watch you do this? Yes, they do. They get a kick out of it. Um, they're a little too young right now, um, but they they do find it interesting. Yes. Well, Katie, I thank you, and uh, I, I think you do very important work being the owner of Crowns myself. We return. On the Labor Day show, on the Dennis Prager show. Dennis Prager, Labor Day. What's your labor? That's what we do. And I'm going to try to go a little faster because, as I said, we could do this all week and still not repeat one professional job. All right, Carl in Los Angeles, Dennis Prager, hi. Hey, Dennis. So I'm a motion picture television art director. I also do set design and digital effects work. What does art director mean? Well, you got a big bunch of people with art, and you tell them, put it over there. That's, that's the direction. No, not really. Being an art director is pretty much being between the production designer, who is the top artistic vision for the department, and then being between all of the folks who make stuff happen, and being sort of the coordinator and the administrative I-daughter and T-crosser to make sure that everything is in front of the camera when it should be where it should be. So you are in charge in of, of the set? Well, I work as a member of a team that's in charge of the sets. Right. Uh, so what do others do that you don't do? Well... Uh, as I said, up at the top, there's the fellow who's the production designer, and he's the guy who sits down with the director and perhaps the producers, and they really work out, what's your feel for this? What do you want this to look like? Blue, green, big, small, dark, bright, rococo, baroque, you know, like that. And this has nothing to do with costumes? Well, the costume designer is a department head in their own right. Right. And they, work, they work to a degree. They work together with the production designer. Depending, different shows are structured in different ways. Um, sometimes, frequently, the costume designer is kind of subordinate to the production designer. But they're very different specialties. But And yet yours is a third specialty because you're, you're an art director. Uh, yes, that's right. So it, let's just imagine a movie and there's a street scene. Okay. So where would your work come in? Because the street exists prior to your doing anything. 
Well, in my capacity as an art director, first off, if it's a real street out in the real world, I'd be working with somebody whose title is location manager. And location manager's job is to go out into the real world or onto the back lots of the studios and find us a suitable house, a suitable street, a suitable whatever that we can turn into our place to shoot. Once we've got that in hand, say it's a New York City street scene, well, we've got to think about... What are the store windows dressed like if it's, a, if it's a street with stores? Traffic signage, what's that going to look like? The city of New York, like any city, isn't really going to give you permission to use the exact precise graphics on, say, their police cars that the real ones use. So you're going to have a graphic designer working with you who's going to make up something that's going to look just I don't think people exactly realize right what way. goes on in, into a movie. I really don't. Is, does your field have an Academy Award? Uh, the Academy Award is for best art direction. Yes, for my particular discipline. So, who is who's is there a legend in your mind in your field? Oh gosh, wow, there are quite a few. I would say, I would say the two top names to me, gosh, probably Dante Ferretti, uh, who designed films. I worked for him on the Last of the Mohicans. He also designed The Aviator and uh, The Name of the Rose, and uh, my goodness, a lot of really good-looking movies. Uh, he's he's a tremendous talent. And uh, perhaps the other, I guess, might be Nigel Phelps. Uh, Nigel Phelps is a British fellow who is also a tremendous artist and designer. There's there's a whole raft of hugely talented, gifted people out there. Now, would you tell anybody uh, in your field that you listen to this show? Uh, sure, why not? You say you've come out of the closet? Well, uh, <laughs> the question kind of presupposes maybe that, that, that I'm a little more politically in line with you than... No, 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 not at all. That you listen. I, you could be a flaming liberal and it's fine with me. Uh, yeah, but pe- really... people, people are afraid to even acknowledge they listen to talk radio. Well, you know, in Hollywood, there's, you may have heard this expression, there's what they call above the line and below the line. Above the line basically means that you're definitely big noise you're taking home the huge paychecks your name is going on the front of that movie in big letters where everybody sees it below the line is well that's all the rest of us we all have our work to do and we all do our thing and we collect our check and go home but you know we're not famous you don't get famous doing what we do pretty much above the line your publicly known your professionally known political persona is a lot more important than below the line okay fair enough can get all right my final question one to ten how much do you love your work I'd say around a 10.25. It beats working for a living. Wow. You're a fortunate man, and I appreciate your call immensely. Mary in Arizona and Phoenix has been waiting for a long time. Hello, Mary. Dennis Prager. Hi, Dennis. Uh, This is a great honor with a capital H on honor. Well, thank you. I had the most wonderful job, and I have to replace myself. Because I just looked at my summer newsletter, and there's a, at least 35 job openings, and I counted that conservatively. And I think you could multiply that across the country. <clears throat> but I was a technology specialist, and the jobs are for all types of occupational therapists, which is what I was. Uh, I like to think I am, and so I'm spending my retirement trying to encourage people to be therapists It's a wonderful area. There are jobs out there. Uh, There's lots of good programs to study in. But different therapists do what I did, and that was uh, adapting all types of technology for for, uh, students and adults uh, that had very complicated health issues. 
And, Give us uh, one example. Many of them couldn't speak. And so if you think about that for a minute, not having speech, on, on uh, those kind of days where we can find the right switch or the right keyboard or the right speech device with the access to the device that, that works for the person, it's a 20. If you could imagine seeing their faces. Huh. So the, in other words, so you make it possible for people with great handicaps to be able to function. Yes. The most exciting day I think I had was a little gal who had no use of her body except her tongue. And in my day, which was for her 20 years ago, um, I had to actually make and design the tongue switch for her to operate her computer and her speech Whoa. device. But well, i, I got to take a break, but I could just say people like you make a better world. That's... I thank you. You're listening to Dennis Prager's show. I can't believe that uh, we're coming to the end here. It's It's been so uh, interesting. What do you do for a living? Stephanie in California is a life coach for artists, painters, musicians, she connects businesses with artists. They can work together. Cliff in Queens, New York, is, is uh, what is HVAC? Uh, installation and maintenance. He's originally from the country, Jamaica, and now he lives in Jamaica, Queens. Ralph in Manhattan is an actor, and I wish we could talk to you because I promised that we would. Heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Okay. Ralph. You should be the first next year. David in Texas is a substation engineer for utilities. Alan Houston owns a company that makes and sells various charcuterie artisan foods, bacon, guanjali, sausages, smoked cheeses, mustards. Says he gets paid to play a mad scientist in the kitchen. Richard in Colorado Develops franchises for businesses. That's fascinating. I'd love to talk to you. I'll, in the final minute, I'll tell you what I do for a living. I try to make sense of life every day for three hours and offer you my best thoughts reflecting my highest values and make it interesting for three hours a day. And I am extremely fortunate to be able to do so. But everyone who loves his work is fortunate to do so. It is not a unique fortune. That's why so many of you rated your love of your work highly. And I appreciate that fact. And I want to add one more word, that those who stay home and take care of kids are doing the most important work. To make a home, to be a good spouse, to make a happy home, no job compares in ultimately making a better world. 
it's just it doesn't bring in a direct paycheck. That's the only difference. Thank you, my friends, and a wonderful Labor Day to you. I'm Dennis Prager, and I remind you to visit StandUSA.com for the values we share. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.